Hi, this is Tony Tolado, and this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our own humanity. My Christmas Eve honoring of some of the composers I've had the pleasure to talk to continues with Chris Leonards, who scored Supernatural, Revolution, and more. Coming up, Chris Leonards. It's always great to talk to Chris Leonards, who is a composer on both Revolution and also Supernatural. We spoke the weekend before his hit movie, Identity Thief, came out about that particular score. So let's go to my conversation now with Chris Leonards, once again back on Sci-Fi Talk. At the time, I hadn't seen Revolution, but obviously since then I have. And, uh, hey, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I really It has grown on me. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's time uh, to give it a chance and really give it uh, give it everything it deserves. You know, it's... Uh, it's a good show. Yeah, I think I think they're going in the right direction. I think uh, I was wasn't sure from the beginning whether they were heading more in the like the sci-fi direction, which I don't think had as much legs as the actual direction of you know warring uh, factions and and you know now there's now that the you know there's Monroe's got some power, but the yeah. other you know there's like a bunch of different parts of the U.S. which have sort of formed their own countries and stuff. So it's going to get into real kind of interesting civil war kind of thing which would be mm-hmm. sweet. the thing about uh you know bringing a series back after a break but the thing is that uh, sci-fi has been doing that for years so there's really no reason why that can't work on a network show too that's really i think why they've done it too is that uh the guy who's now running nbc used to run showtime oh there you so go so he really you know he's a real big believer in the idea of doing you know 10 or 12 episodes then stopping and doing another 10 or 12 and if you do it that way Mm-hmm. You know, it actually allows your, first of all, it, you don't have to worry about repeats or anything. It allows your audience to kind of stay connected. Yeah. It also allows you to like sort of do, you know, big chunks of story that way, which I think mm-hmm. is good. Well, I've certainly done my part in running videos from the show. I even have the oh, the, the coming back trailer and uh, actually had a nice link for the entire pilot. They were going to reshow it with commentary, and I had that up there, too, which was interesting. Oh, that was fun. Did you watch it? It was pretty cool. That, yeah, it uh, was. Had John and uh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, those guys were super cool. Yeah. Nice that they thought to mention me, which was great. Yeah, Dynamite cast, too. It's a lot of fun to watch oh. these guys. Yeah. And anything with Elizabeth uh, Mitchell, I'll watch. She's great. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Mitchell and uh, Esposito, man. Those guys both just are amazing. I'll tell you, John Carlo always brings it. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, he is, he is one of the best guys on TV by far. And you have a movie coming out this weekend, Identity Thief. Uh, I do have a movie that's very different from Revolution. <laughs> yes, very much. Very much. Teamed up again with uh, Horrible Bosses director Seth Gordon, and that movie, I've never heard Jennifer Aniston say the words that she had said in a film <laughs> in that particular one, but that was so, that was something else. That's funny. That was shocking to most. <laughs> I think it worked, and it was and it was funny, and 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 I think it also was a really, you know, it was a good sort of escapist uh, comedy, but it had a lot of it had a lot of grit to it. Yeah, and, uh, it was fun to do. Yeah, and this one, man, you're playing with some people that people would literally kill to play with. I mean, you know, I've been a fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire going back a long time, and uh, to get oh, you know Myron, well. that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I mean that's. That's the, the thing that's so great about some of the way we uh, I do movies with Seth is that we've been able to bring in, you know, basically people who are heroes of mine and have them play. And, yeah. You know, and, and Myron is spectacular. And, like, you know, I mean, geez, I remember, I think the first song we played at, our, at my wedding, you know, once we got uh, got to the reception was September. So, there you, go. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of North Wind of Fire. And we to get him down here. 
and then you know, and 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 Chris Cheney is amazing, and all the yeah, it just it was such a great uh, experience. And then you got we got to mention you know Jane's addiction bass player Chris Cheney, of course. You know that's another yeah, person. No, he's 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 ridiculous, um, <laughs> and and really. The funny thing is, I mean, he, he plays in all these rock bands. I know he, besides James, he plays with a band called Camp Freddy, where he's, mm-hmm. you know, I know he's playing with uh, Dave Navarro over there mm-hmm. and, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of folks. But, but at the same time, he can play upright bass and jazz and like funk bass and, and, nice. and hip hop and everything. He can play anything. And he's one of the most talented guys I've ever met. He's really phenomenal and one of the nicest. Because of the players you have involved, did you do that kind of go all over the place musically? It definitely had a range, which is why we had to put this particular group together. You know, one of the things that Seth said at the very beginning was, you know, he wanted to have this contemporary rock feel, but it also had to, you know, had to somewhat showcase where they were in the country, which was mostly in the South, coming from, you know, they're on this road trip from Florida to Denver. So you had a lot of stuff. They're going through Georgia and Alabama, and, and it's just such a... You know, it's definitely a twangy, gritty Southern element to it. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, you know, we sort of discovered early on with one of my first sketches for Seth that that he really liked the idea of portraying Melissa's character, Diana, as super sassy. Because she really sort of runs the show. She sort of pushes Bateman around. And uh, and one of the things we thought was, well, what you know, when it comes to sort of a sassy female sound, you know, I don't think anybody did it better than, than Motown. Yeah. So a lot of our groove and a lot of our sort of feel for what Diana's character's doing when she's putting Bateman through the uh, ringer, you know, at, this, at that point we kind of have a little bit of an updated Motown sound, which, of course, Myron was great with and, uh, you know, easily just jumped right into that. Cool. And speaking of uh, of a bluesy sound, uh, you guys have some incredible harmonica players on this soundtrack, man. We, we have two who are amazing, and one, one is... Uh, is much more of a blues harp player specialist, yeah. you know, and, and and that's Jimmy Wood. Yeah, Jimmy's played, you know, he plays with the Blues Brothers all the time, but he plays he's played with Springsteen. He's amazing, and then at the same time, we've got uh, you know pretty much the, the probably the world's greatest living harmonica player uh, in Tommy Morgan, yeah. who uh, besides doing uh, you know all the harmonica for the Beach Boys on Pet Sounds and doing uh, you know basses. Sanford and Son for Quincy Jones. You, you know, every time you hear a bass harmonica, it's, it's pretty much guaranteed to be Tommy. He, luckily, he's you know he's still playing, and we were able to get him in here. And uh, you know, he played a lot of the low, gritty harmonica that goes with uh, Robert Patrick's character, who's sort of the big villain in the, in the movie. And oh, cool. you know, Robert Patrick, the, uh, the 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 foil from T two. Yes, and he's you know he's amazing in this too. He's just such a great gritty bounty hunter kind of guy. I mean, I, I think uh, he actually has a little bit of a flair for comedy too. I think because of oh the, yeah, oh yeah, he can deliver a line to really get a laugh too. He's great. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Great addition to the cast. I didn't realize he was in it, but that's awesome. That's going to be great. She has been on an incredible streak, you know, since Mike and Molly really, and and uh, and then Bridesmaids, and now this looks like another one for her. She's just amazing. Yeah. Well, she steals the show in this, and you know, Bateman, of course, is. is you know, and no one notices how hard his job is because he makes it look effortless, but he's, you know, the best straight man there is. And then you've got Melissa. She's really fearless in the way all of the, you know, all the great comic actors, I think, of, of, of my life, whenever I've seen someone who really just brings it and is not afraid to be, to just do anything for that laugh, you know, and when you think about that, you think about, you know, John Belushi, John Candy, and of course, you know, you know, uh, you know, Bill Murray and, yeah. and, and, you know, all these guys. And I think she is 
finally this this woman comedian who is really just willing to just bring it. You know, and she certainly does in this movie. Uh, but the thing that nobody's going to, you know, realize, I was at the premiere on Monday night and no one was expecting it. But at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. there's a scene that's a fully emotional scene where you really get inside her character and it, it'll knock people's socks off because the actual emotional delivery is so spot on and so really, really just tasteful and then amazing that uh, I think people are going to come away from this movie thinking, really realizing how much more more range she has than, than anyone, anyone's ever, ever explored before. Wow, cool. Interesting. That sounds really cool. In addition to that, there's also a, a song you contributed to the uh, soundtrack as well. There is. Yes. Yeah, we we ended up, there's a, we, well, Seth really loves it when the, uh, you know, as do I. I think I love the idea of a piece of the score or a theme or motive ends up being, you know, a credit song or something like that. You know, of course, you know, it's been going on for, for decades with oh, yeah. you know, John Barry and all his movies and, you know, and, and I just love when that happens. So one of the things we've tried to do on both movies here with, with, that I've done with Seth and now on this one, just, you know, specifically is grab something, sort of the real hook of, of the score and then turn that into a song that mm-hmm. has something to do with the movie. So I co-wrote the song with uh, Todd Bozung, who's our music editor. As also a, a, a fantastic guitarist and, and, and music producer. Mm-hmm. And the two of us, uh, you know, put the song together and we knew we wanted it to be this sort of like really intense blues rock yeah. jam that would get us through the, uh, through the end credits. But we knew we needed a singer who really had power. And, uh, you know, we kept saying things like, uh, you know, we need somebody like, uh, Ray Charles meets Lenny Kravitz meets, uh, Black Keys or whatever. And, and, Someone suggested to us, they said, well, you got to hear this guy, Ty Taylor. His band, Vintage Trouble, actually opened up for Lenny Kravitz last year, and they're opening up for The Who this year. And cool. this guy can sing. So we, we ended up checking out a couple of videos of his and, and just were blown away. So we just chased him down, basically, and, uh, and got him in here to record the thing. And he's got an incredible voice. Yeah, he certainly does. He's got quite a future ahead of him, no doubt about it. Thanks. And he's great on stage, too. He's really great uh, cool. live. I've seen a bunch of stuff uh since we, we, we work together on this, and I just think he kills it every time. And there's also another song uh, that you produced called Payback, and that featured uh, not somebody that's shabby singing it, Amanda Brown, who is just a finalist on The Voice. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, Amanda is ridiculously good. It's pretty tough to be, uh, uh, you know, we called her, I think, on a day or two notice because we, we loved her, and Seth was a big fan of The Voice, and, you know, and really sort of was rooting for her the whole time, and even though she didn't end up winning the show, I think he was like, geez, she's the best one on there, and, and could we get her in? And there was this perfect opportunity to do a uh, a, a new version of this James Brown tune. Yeah. The scene that it goes in uh, pretty much revolves around Melissa, and we thought that it would be more appropriate to have a female singer. But, you know, that's a big challenge to come up to anybody and say, hey, you know what, hey, do you mind redoing James Brown? <laughs> you know, it always sort of strikes fear in people, you know, it's, one of the one of the legends. So, uh, but she jumped right in and she wailed on it. Cool. So I think uh, I think she she did a fantastic job. And and once you see the the song in the in the in the movie, it really actually goes perfectly with what's going on. And it's a really nice comic moment, you know. But it's all about it's all about sass and, and delivery. And, and and she brought it. She really had the uh, the right attitude and of course the right range. Yeah. Hey, thank you for listening to Sci Fi Talk. But stick around. I have more. Let's get back to sci-fi talk. I'm Tony Tolado. This certainly screams for a soundtrack CD. Is that going to happen? 
It's happening, absolutely. All right. A, uh, digital's already out, but the, uh, yeah, the, uh, physical CD, La La Land Records is releasing it with both songs, and it'll be out, I believe, unfortunately it's out, not out till I think the 5th of March or something like that. So it's a little bit of a wait, but hopefully by then everyone will see the movie and get familiar with it, and then, you know, and then at that point they can go grab the CD, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's a good one. And what's it like for you? I mean, you played guitar on this too. So what's it like to to kind of uh, you know be a musician, you know, and and as well as a composer? Well, I mean, for me, it's it's it sort of goes back to my roots, which was you know I played in rock bands all through high school and and then into college, and I was actually sort of going down the road of being you know a guitar player. It was sort of a sidetrack that that I, I you know ended up having a life changing moment uh, at a scoring session that I was just watching. And at that point, I, I sort of switched gears, went into the writing part of it. But I, it was ni- it's nice here to be able to get back to, to actually doing some playing. And I'm really, you know, one of the reasons I love music for movies and TV is that, you know, is that you can do orchestra one day and, uh, you know, a bunch of guitars the next. And, and it all makes sense and it keeps things fun and interesting. And, and you know, and, and, and you don't have to sort of pick one one style, which mm. I like. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, as far as Revolution, the jury is still kind of out as to when you guys, if you guys will come back for season two at this point. Yeah, I would say they would. Uh, I mean, obviously the ratings were great in the fall. It yeah. It stay the same. I, I would assume that we would be back because we're, we're doing pretty well for NBC, and I think everyone's, all the fans are really enjoying it. So my guess is if we're coming back, I think, the 25th of March as far as uh, airing the second half of season one. Mm-hmm. And I would say if we have a strong showing, hopefully we'll hear by late spring that we're coming back you know i hope to because you know just being being able to work for for uh, eric kripke again is a yeah. joy and he's one of my oldest oldest friends and and then on this one you know specifically working on anything that that jj has to do with is just you know it's a, oh, yeah. it's a pleasure because he's he's got such he's sort of the, the king of what's going on in terms of the sci-fi and and just the, the love of filmmaking and series making and all that stuff so so I will, I will happily, uh, happily stay involved as long as they'll have me. He's got the Midas touch, I'll tell you. Everything he touches, oh. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh, I can't wait to see what he does with Star Wars. You know. Oh, that's going to be amazing. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, they showed a ten-minute preview for Star Trek uh, before The Hobbit, and in, in IMAX, and it was absolutely. It takes leaps and bounds past the first film. It was amazing. Oh, great. Yeah, no, I actually haven't seen that. I can't wait to see it, but I'm excited to see the movie, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, he, you know, and you're watching it, and you're and, and you're watching the characters, and you go, I turn to my wife, I go, my God, the, the actors are, the characters are closer to the original in this one more than the first one. They're all saying right, the same, yeah. the right things, you know, it's amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a huge, huge movie. Yeah, I, oh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to hear the music, too. I'm sure Michael did something amazing. Maybe you can put in a good word to score the new Star Wars film movie. <laughs> I would assume Michael's got that one locked up. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, as well, he should. As long as everyone keeps using uh, Williams' themes, which, by the way, it's his birthday. I just saw that. Oh, how uh, nice! Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot. You know, it's you know, it's as far as I'm concerned, the sound of Star Wars is, is John Williams, and hopefully oh, that yeah. stays the same. But but yeah, Michael will, will hopefully be the guy, and I'm sure he'll he'll. Knock it out of the park. I'm excited what Disney's going to do with this because I think it's uh, I think it's a great marriage, and I'm looking forward to what they'll what they'll do. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing that Disney's done really well in the last couple of years, they've bought really smart properties. Yeah, you know, for them, but they've also let the people that run those things run them the right way. 
yeah. you know, in terms of John Lasseter over at Pixar. And, you know, and they've really let Marvel do their thing with, without micromanaging. And I think that's a smart way to do it because it's kept, it's kept all of those coming out with such quality and such strength, you know? Yeah. And, and actually Kathleen Kennedy running Lucasfilm is, is a great. Yeah. That should be great. I mean, you know, you can't really do much better than that. So I think, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a great plan. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be doing, uh, you know, more comedy coming up? Uh, anything further in that area? Um, well, I mean, there's a little bit of comedy to it, but I've actually, the next two movies that I've got coming out, both of which are actually done already. One's coming out in, uh, I believe, end of April called Thanks for Sharing, which is a Lionsgate movie. It's, uh, really great. It's a, they call it a dramedy because there's, there's a quite a bit of comedy in it, but it's really pretty serious. It's a, it's sort of a, a, a an addiction film, mm-hmm. uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow and Mark Ruffalo and Tim Robbins, I mean, amazing cast. Oh, nice. And, uh, and it's really intense. Uh, the guy who, um, wrote The Kids Will Be Alright and got an Oscar nom for that directed this is his first directing nice. uh, job and Stu Bloomberg and he did a great job and it's a really, phenomenal movie so that's coming out in, in i believe end of april and then after that is a movie called as cool as i am which yeah is from the same director as uh, the movie adam which i did a few years ago oh yeah and that's a claire danes james marsden movie that's really really smart and well made as well two good leads right there too that's that sounds great yeah exactly exactly homeland's not so shabby either no not at all not at all so uh yeah no i got i got some really neat stuff coming up so yeah that, i don't have any uh any big comedies coming up but like I said, you know, I, I like to, I love it when I go from a comedy to a drama to oh, an yeah. action thing, and and that keeps it all uh, fun and interesting. So, and the show that never stops, uh, thankfully, Supernatural. Any word on what's? No, isn't it grand? And I don't think it's stopping this year. No, either. I don't think it is. I don't think. So. I think we're going to keep rolling on it. You know what? And the funny thing about it, and the the great thing about it, first of all, our fans are the best, and they yeah. they've been with us the whole time, and they're very loyal. And I think Sam and Dean are great, and they've just gotten even better as the years have gone on. Oh yeah. But the cool thing is they, you know, they they moved us to Wednesdays after Arrow. And it's a perfect spot. Our ratings have actually gone up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad people are sticking with us. And I think, you know, it's really, a, it's a cool show because it has this, it sort of has a, the, the proper blend between the sort of occult fantasy stuff and just the, you know, the, the comedy and drama of, yeah. of two brothers. And I think just when you think it's getting too deep, too dark, mm-hmm. there's some comedy. And just when it's getting, uh, you know, too comedy, there, there comes some really great, and I think it's a really well, it's a really good line that they've been walking for quite a while. But uh, I'm I'm happy to still be there. You said it. If they took away the supernatural elements, no pun intended, it would literally be like a a brother road comedy or a brother road movie. It's or or yeah, a series. exactly. It'd almost be like you know, uh, uh, it'd almost be like a sitcom. Yeah, you yeah. know, but, but but that's great because you get both in one show. And yeah, you know, and 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 the other thing that everyone's been. Quite honestly, wait, you know, so many people except the fans have ignored on that show is that Sam and Dean are great. Yes. You know, Sam's a, a good sort of straight foil, but Dean is like, I mean, in my opinion, Dean is almost like a Bruce Willis kind of character where yeah. he can be the tough guy. He can handle all of the action or any of the that stuff, but his t- comic timing is spectacular. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he really does. He'll, he'll throw out one liner to the best of them. And, uh, I hope. Whenever they do decide to move on past the show, I hope uh, I hope both of those guys get some good opportunities because I think they're vastly underrated. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh no, no doubt about it. Hey, it's always been a pleasure to talk to you, and it is again. Uh, it's uh, really happy that uh, I think Identity Thief is a 
especially with the bad storms here in the east. I think people go to the movies, so I think right. it's a good if time. They can get for to it. the movies. I hope they go see it. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I know. We're, it's starting to I come know, down. I have a lot of my families in Boston, and I know they're going to get buried. But if they can dig their way out by Sunday, they'll go see it. Because you know, I grew up back there, so I, I sort of miss that. There's that awesome, uh, that sort of feeling. Like as long as you're, as long as nothing's in danger, it's kind of nice to be able to just sort of say, okay, well, we can't really go anywhere anyway. We might as well just. You know, that, that's when I used to throw on like the Godfather trilogy. And, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of a requisite for the, uh, you know, for the oh. for the winter. You know, it's the only time you Absolutely. can really do it. Absolutely. Because in the summer it's too nice and you don't get enough of it, so you take advantage of it and you're outside. But in the winter, yeah, exactly. You know, we're camped in. Excellent, man. Well, good. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you. As yeah, always. Bit. And uh, I don't know, hope to, I'm going to try to go back to Comic Con this year because it was a lot of fun last year. So yeah, me too. Cool. Me too. I had a great time also. It, I was exhausted when it was over, but it was. Uh, yeah, me too. But oh man, did I meet a lot of people? It was so cool, you know. It was great. Yeah, it was. A, I, it was certainly not a vacation. I needed a vacation after it. Yeah, I agree. Wow, too crazy. There's always something yeah. happening, and and you guys are like going from panel to panel practically. So it's uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it's not. All right, man. You take care, and I'm sure we'll be talking quite soon. Excellent. Thanks for your help. Anytime, man. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Special thanks to Costa Communications. Look for the soundtrack CD for Identity Thief, one of the big comedy hits of 2013, and I'm sure a few months down the road, the DVD will be available as well. Till next time, this is Tony Tolado. Thanks so much for listening.